0: Hello and welcome to Curated Spaces, the podcast that explores the stories behind spaces reimagining how we stay, work and play. Join me, Molly Cooper, as I sit down with founders, owners and thought leaders to hear about their journey of bringing a space to life. Great spaces shape our lives. They inspire, nurture and connect us. But most importantly, they bring us together to share life's milestones with the people who mean the most to us. So whether you're a traveler, foodie, or design seeker, join us as we celebrate the power of spaces and the brilliant people behind them. Today, I'm on the North Cornwall coast at the stunning Watergate Bay Hotel, which stands in pride of place over a two-mile stretch of stunning Cornish beach. The hotel's building may have been around since 1905, but today there's a contemporary space that's all about having a good time with family and friends and getting out in the elements in this very special corner of the world. And I'm delighted to welcome Ben Harper, Group CEO, who is not only going to share the story behind this brilliant space, but also fill me in on how the hotel is adapting to changes in how we stay, work and play. Ben, welcome to the podcast. It's such a pleasure to be here. How are you doing? I'm
1: very well. Thank you for having me and welcome.
0: Thank you very much. And it's a bit of a rainy day out there today in Cornwall, but the surfers are out in full force this morning in the sea. Lovely to see.
1: Yeah, there's a good bit of swell there, um, but there's absolutely teeming down with rain. So sorry, we couldn't welcome you with a bit of uh, Cornish sun today. (laughs)
0: Well, you can't have everything and I'm still delighted to be down here with you. Now, before we get into the space itself, I'd love to hear a bit about your background and how you've ended up here at Watergate Bay.
1: Yeah, so I'm very much a travel and hospitality specialist. I, Mm -hmm. I started off with bigger companies. So I I started. I worked my way up through the um, the uh, sort of commercial teams within Eurostar. Um, gosh, mm. 20 years ago now. <laughs> um, uh, just at the point where Eurostar was um, fighting for market share over the short haul airline. So it was a really fun, quite disruptive um, time. And my mm. responsibility there was was uh, I suppose selling Eurostar to the the corporate travel um, sector. I moved briefly to British Airways. Um, And then I spent a year or so there and then found the service department space, which um, was, again, in its infancy when I started. um, And it was about positioning a new way to stay um, predominantly for the corporate sector. So um, uh, an apartment versus a a, a hotel room. And I think that's, I suppose, an important part of the jigsaw puzzle as we talk about some of the stuff that we're working on here. Um, I, I had a really interesting and fun ride for about 10 years within that sector um we did some really cool stuff we took seiko which was a small family-owned service department provider through a private equity cycle Mm -hmm. Um, we created a brand called lock which is l-o-c-k-e which is the first sort of lifestyle apart hotel brand um to really cut through we did that sort of seven or eight years ago now and then um uh, that business was was Uh, turbocharged by uh, Brookfield who are a big Mm -hmm. asset manager and and asset real estate investor and now they're across numerous gateway cities in in, in Europe and and doing an incredible job and again there's some real learning and inspiration from that journey that I'm now bringing to life in this business Mm -hmm. which is it's just really fun but I suppose the personal side of the story is that at the point at which we sold the business to Brookfield I'd been living in Cornwall for 10 years already I'm from Kent moved to Cornwall my wife's Cornish um, and um, I'm told that Cornish people tend to come home um, and we had always planned to come back to Cornwall it just so happened through some personal stuff that we did it a lot earlier so I spent seven years commuting between London Bristol Birmingham New York whatever coming home Mm -hmm. and landing in Cornwall for the weekend and and you can probably associate with the fact that 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 Got a little tiring yeah Uh, at that point i was connected to um will ashworth and his team who um uh who were running the business at the time and it just felt like an opportunity not to be lost because it was the most ambitious business um probably the most aspirational set of brands but 45 minutes from my home yeah so it meant that i could go home most nights Mm -hmm. which was which was great with a with a young family and important so here we are, five and a bit years on.
0: Yeah, so the stars really lined there? Quite the opportunity, not, yeah. to, not to be missed.
1: No, no, it was it was it was the right decision, and, and we can talk a little bit about it. But it's been an interesting five years, obviously, with yeah. um, lots happening within our control, but much more happening without, um, outside of our control. So we've, um, yeah, we've been working pretty hard.
0: Yeah. And I can't wait to get into that, but before we do, let's touch a bit on the local area here we are in Cornwall. I'd love for you to sort of paint a picture about where we are in the world for people who maybe haven't visited this part of England. Um, I don't know if you've got any local recommendations, favorite spots or things to do.
1: Well, I hear Watergate Bay hotel's nice. Yes. (laughs) Um, no, I mean. I actually live down on the on the South Coast and it's about 45 minutes um well more like an hour from here. And it's interesting the contrast between the North Cornwall coast and, and that South um South Cornwall. Um but it, it's um it's it's truly unique and it's interesting. Um I, I looked at some data um around visitors into Cornwall and, and there is a significant chunk of people who are so loyal to Cornwall and I know you'll have mm-hmm. mates or maybe even yourself who, who always holiday with their family in Cornwall and this kind of North Cornwall coast is a, is a bit of a, a mecca and, and again I think the numbers suggest that it's about 35% of people in Cornwall through the summer are people who come back year over year mm-hmm. over year and probably take the same hotel or take the same house um, and do the same things but really it's about uh, getting in the water surfing swimming um it's there's a great food scene down here now some great restaurants there's some um, very well-known chefs um ainsworth um uh being one of them emily scott who we worked with at Mm um at watergate um doing great great things and i suppose adding an element of um probably an element quality um to the cornwall food scene Mm -hmm. that perhaps hasn't uh, existed um previously but but yeah food getting in the water, walking the coast path, running. And I think it's those last few things around getting active out in the elements that have really come to life, particularly through and post COVID, Mm -hmm. where people have realized the importance for their mental, physical well-being on getting out in the elements. And I think that's played into the hands of our business. And I'm just looking out there on a particularly rainy day, (laughs) there'll be still be people out there running, walking in the water, on the beach uh despite the weather and it's that kind of i suppose cathartic element yeah. of 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 the experience and and being outside in cornwall that plays into the brand experience that we try mm-hmm. to create watergate yeah. and that was certainly the vision of our founders. And again, we can talk more about that.
0: Yeah, I think it's so interesting you talk about this almost cult following. I have to say, when I tell people I'm going down to Cornwall to record an episode, people's faces light up in a way that you don't see for other regions, I find. And actually, in particular, Watergate Bay Hotel has been the one place when I've been like, oh, I'm heading down. Any recommendations people are like i used to go there every single year my friend was talking about the bedrooms with the bath in the window yeah, and yeah. just has such a loyal following so let's get into the space i'd love to start back at the beginning yeah. um and talk a bit about the history of this amazing building
1: well uh, as you said in your in your very accurate um uh, intro piece uh, it was built in 1904 the original purpose of the hotel was um uh, as a, a railway terminus for I, I think, a new key to Padstow railway line that, in fact, never actually materialised mm. as, as I believe the story. I wasn't around um, and my history isn't brilliant, <laughs> but then it transitioned into a um, uh, an officer's mess for the military through the Second World War. And then John and Mary Ashworth, who are the parents of our um, uh, uh, founder and exec director, Will Ashworth, um, who is still very much in the business. Um, They bought it in 1967 and through that, where are we, I don't know, 50 50 years journey, um, it's transitioned from holiday apartments into sort of seaside mass market Mm -hmm. um, hotel and then Will joined in, I believe, 2004, having studied hospitality and done some uh, tra- working, traveling in in hotels overseas, came back into the business and 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 took up the reins, and I think that was the moment that we started to move into the lifestyle space. And mm-hmm. I think that's that's uh, the vision of him and his brother to create more than just a bucket and spade yeah. seaside holiday, mm-hmm. and how they did that is a really fascinating story and I suppose my job five years in with with my team is to shape what that next chapter looks like
0: yeah and it's so interesting you say that because actually when you look at the hotel from the outside you see the old building and it almost faces inwards which I think these days you think that's so jarring why is it not facing out to see obviously the railway but then every extension, every new development has slightly turned the hotel more and more towards the towards the sea, towards that incredible beach and view. So you get this very sort of visual depiction of that journey towards the spaces today. I just think it's so interesting to look at.
1: It's it's really interesting that 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 you pick up on that. And that, yes, any architect will instantly say we've just got to maximise yeah. that view and give people access to that view. And, and we're very mindful of that through the creation of the spaces and and the design of the spaces. But actually what's quite interesting is that because not every space within the hotel does offer that sea mm-hmm. um, view, uh, whatever we do, our guests veer towards the view. Yeah. And so we have to be very mindful of that when we're trying to create the capacity that we need to run a busy, mm-hmm. busy hotel. Yeah. But again, that's super detailed that we can get into if you'd like later.
0: <laughs> well, yeah, let's talk about that in this space. So I know someone compared it to sort of a ski resort on the beach, and I love that analogy. And I think it really touches on a few things that make this place so special. Can you tell us a bit more about that feeling and what you've tried to create?
1: Yeah, the vision the vision of of, of Will and Henry, um, uh, the, the two, two brothers, um, was to create um, a ski resort on the beach. And I love this, and I use it every day when I'm starting to think about. I think these brand visions are really important for to help shape strategies plans but also a lens for decision making and Mm -hmm. i i see ski resort on a beach is a really practical way to do that and you know i've done ski seasons um and you know they are ski resorts are unique places where people go um with one focal point which is to get up on the mountain and ski yeah no matter how good you are or how bad you are and the vision in the early days was to bring people from London, probably a, a younger demographic than we see now um, and give them access to the beach. Yeah. And so, um, you know, the Watergate Bay brand uh, 20 years ago was probably a little bit more edgy. Mm-hmm. So uh, they were the first to um, really pioneer the kite surfing vibe. Mm-hmm. And that, that, that bought um, a real particular crowd, but it really interesting edge to the brand and yeah. created this sense of destination clearly we've morphed into a more probably a more affluent and um uh, for want of a better word mainstream market mm-hmm. which has enabled us to create a very commercially um successful business yeah. that runs at 92% occupancy uh-huh. year round mm-hmm. rather than just a Thing that pops up and winds down. Yeah, crazy um,
0: summer and right. One, yeah,
1: which is frankly what many, many of the hospitality and tourism businesses do around here. The moment you de-seasonalize any of these businesses is the moment you create real success commercially. Yeah. and I think we have to balance the need to do that with the need to create this, uh, maintain the edge to our brand. So to answer your question, ski resort on a beach. The way I explain it it's this ecosystem of different um leisure hospitality experiences that all focus on one thing Mm -hmm. the beach yeah you don't have to be a brilliant surfer to come stay at watergate bay you don't have to be a brilliant surfer to get in the water every day and i think that's become quite key however we do have the best in class um uh, uh surf hire and 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 uh tuition we have a brilliant surf school within the bay The idea that we've um, intentionally segmented our F&B into Mm -hmm. sort of different brand experiences as you would find in a ski resort. So it's very rare that you'd go and stay in a big hotel and eat in the restaurant every night in a ski resort. You'd go out and do different things Mm. subject to how long you'd stayed in the pub after after (laughs) you'd been on the mountain or whether you wanted something a little bit more upscale. And the idea that we can create that vibe is really interesting and an analogy I use again from having worked in ski resorts is what I used to love is that you could walk into a bar in a ski resort and you'd see the um, Ecole Ski Francais the the ski instructors at the bar having their sort of drinks after having Mm -hmm. been on the mountain all day and then as a guest I found that really cool and really authentic. And I kind of wanted to be in that space mm-hmm. with them because it made me feel like I was part of this community. Yeah. And we create a bit of that in Watergate mm-hmm. by trying to keep everything as accessible as, as, as we can. So, yeah. um, I think that's quite a nice lens to, 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 to see things through. We, we want, whilst we are a upscale aspirational brand at a relatively high price point the accessibility of our spaces is really key. Mm-hmm. And we want everyone to be welcome and feel welcome. Um, and that's that's a key part of our hospitality offering as well.
0: Yeah, I so get that. The hotel itself is sort of in this like little, you go over a hill, you arrive in this tiny hamlet, it feels like, and the hotel is there. And then you go down a little pathway to the beach and there's a you know coffee shop on the side, somewhere selling hot dogs. It does feel like it's very in the midst of this little collection of buildings. Like you say, a korski you can imagine the surf instructors going in after their lessons, grab a pint. It feels very much at the heart of this community, not behind a big wall, behind, you know, a ticketed entrance or anything, which no. I really like. And,
1: and that's intentional. It's something that we work hard at and we have to work harder at. Because, again, that, that conflict's the wrong word, but balancing the commercial objectives of the business to run high occupancies, to maximize the the the, um, the rates that, that that we can charge, to make sure that our F and B capacity is, is at full tilt, but being accessible and creating a sense of community for everyone is is key. And a, a really good example of that is the the events that that we've put on over the years. And again, without pull me back if I'm going down a rabbit hole, but I think it's an important point, which is. Destination brand, the creation of a destination brand for Watergate Bay rather than us being Watergate Bay Hotel mm-hmm. has been an intentional focal point of the brand strategy for the last 20 years. Mm-hmm. Examples of that, things like, I don't know, did you, did you ever see the, um, the polo on the beach?
0: No, I never, but I wish I had. It sounds well, sad,
1: sadly I didn't, it was before my time, yeah. but you know, this, this vision that we could have, you know, competitive professional polo tournaments on a beach sponsored by verve clico and um <laughs> a free event for the local community to come i think we did it three or four times and it was probably one of the most um successful brand activations i would suggest in hospitality in the uk yeah. ever um and that's, that's probably too, No i love it too, make a big claim too too bold <laughs> but it's a really important part of our story and and sadly sadly when i when i joined it was just probably two years before covid and then covid hit and we couldn't do any of that stuff so so last this summer we 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 at the beginning of this year we set our plan to say right we're going to bring that back into the core of the brand we're going to bring community focused destination um focused events back Mm -hmm. into the program so we did we did what we call our arts on the beach um and i don't know if you saw any of the kind of marketing or comms relating to it but it was a wonderful thing. It was yeah. all weekend, completely free for everybody. Mm-hmm. And we actively moved away from um, pure sport or pure um, food because there's lots of that stuff around mm-hmm. here. And we went for this arts theme. Uh, so we had dance troupes. We had sea shanty bands. We had some F&B. We had lots of community charitable um, uh, 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 pop-ups of people kind of talking about some of the stuff that they're doing. We had lots of kids, um, kids activities. Plus the fact it was the most epic weekend of weather, um, in early, early September. So I I think that, that I suppose is representation of us taking our responsibility and intent to create something that is bigger than just a hotel Mm -hmm. and it's a destination, but it's a destination for the community as well as the inbound tourism, um, uh, demand is is really important to us, both yeah. philosophically and strategically. And
0: well, I think it's such a brilliant example of how hotels can play a bigger role within the communities they're in, but also stay very authentic to Cornwall. There's such a creative scene here as well. You've got the Tate down St. Ives. So really reflecting that and augmenting and bringing people together who aren't even part of the hotel, like you say, I think that's so special and something that hotels can really give back to the spaces they're in.
1: Yeah, I think and again, I'm very open with this is that, you know, the, the danger is that, you know, we're a successful business in Cornwall and we are targeting a relatively upscale market, particularly through school holidays. And we we don't want to be seen as that place where the rich people come. Yeah, um, we um, sometimes we are, um, but we balance that off with being truly authentic and um I suppose, adding value back into, um, the community. And that's really, it's, it's, it's really important to us. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it was a lovely moment in September when we were able to put this event together and these events, you know, you can imagine they take a lot of time. They cost a lot of money. They do not make any money. It's not yeah. a commercial thing. Um, so it's, a. it it was it was a lovely moment and it's just bringing that back into into play after all these Mm -hmm. years of not being able to do that stuff is really satisfying
0: yeah I love it and you're right it really makes experience at the heart of what it means to come and stay here and enjoy the space Um, and going with that idea of experience one thing I really love about the hotel is how cleverly sort of zoned it is and I'd love to talk about all the different pockets of space like you said there's so many different places to eat and drink some are much more grown up sophisticated others are so kids friendly it just means that whoever you're here with you can find a space that works for you and what you're trying to get out of it there but I'd love to hear about how bringing that to life happened
1: yeah um, well I suppose on a commercial level to my point before that the the how you deliver 90% occupancy in a 100% leisure driven market in on a beach in Cornwall um, we need different pockets of demand and we talk in hospitality about different segments right Mm -hmm. so we've got different audiences for different times of the year if you come in August families yeah 100 families they could be multi-generational families um they're big families big families with dogs um mm. grand and granddad, daughter husband three kids two dogs i mean th- 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 and it's it's a busy busy place and if you if you go down to the hotel now um it will be what what that ugly term of sort of the empty nesters, so perhaps a more mature audience whose kids have flown the nest and they're coming to walk the coast path. But they're coexisting with perhaps a younger demographic of, of young parents with preschool kids or, or uh, younger people without kids who are all coexisting in this kind of aspirational sort of lifestyle focus experience. And how it works, sometimes I look around and think, I just I just don't know. But you're right that there is real intent behind the spaces that we've created. And I think, I suppose living space is the best example of that, which is the main, it's positioned as our guest's lounge. And it's not the traditional hotel bar, but it's somewhere that we've created um, in order to allow or incentivize or or hope that people can just hang there all day, play a game, Uh, chess uh, drink tap water um, or have a really beautiful three course meal and very wonderfully put together cocktails and a great wine list and 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 again that's done with intent so that during the day the space feels quite different than it does in the evening and that can be through uh, table configuration it can be through lighting it can be through different um, uh, music Um, but it's all done with intent um, and there are clearly commercial drivers to that but what's most important is that that, that is a, that is a space for the guest and to your point previously that is the most epic space with the most mm, epic view yeah. overlooking Watergate Bay which even on a day like this you can sit there and and drink tea and read a book and be very very happy oh, yeah. um, and it again almost cathartic when you spend I don't know, 48 weeks of the year in a city.
0: Exactly. And actually just below there, you have this sort of lounge area with those incredible picture windows. Um, I was down there actually this morning and there was a little fire crackling, talk about ski resort on the beach. Yeah. Um, and it's just such a calm, tranquil space and a lot of people are working there or like say reading a book. So have you? I know you've been doing a lot of work around this whole shift in how people are working and, you know, not just it's chained to an office 48 weeks a year, but choosing to work differently. I'd love to hear a bit about that.
1: I think there's a couple of things within that. One is that I think sadly, um, the work, the life, the the, the uh, gap between work and leisure time has, has uh, tightened. Mm-hmm. Um, I know from my own personal experiences, I'm actually not very good at saying I'm going off for a week you won't hear from me i actually feel more comfortable and actually my family feel more comfortable with me knowing that i can check in and be there if i need to be there and mm-hmm. jump on a jump on a zoom call or or just do half an hour of emails and i'm seeing that a lot around of our, around our hotels mm-hmm. of people who who need that space and it conflicts with the sort of well-being message of of digital detox but my own personal view is that people will do what they want to do and it's their choice to to do um i think there's there's definitely a kind of work from anywhere vibe going and Mm -hmm. and that's not necessarily people saying right i'm going to come and stay at watergate bay for a month um and use it as my home and my office because it's actually not particularly conducive Mm -hmm. to that we're actually working on something that will be which Mm. we can talk about if, if if you like um but there's definitely a I think there's lots and lots of people who've taken a decision to sort of move out of um, a more corporate environment and go uh, take a more flexible approach to work, whether it be going freelance or project work. And there are lots of companies out there, as we know, who say you can take two weeks a year and work anywhere. Mm -hmm. You know, I've just come back from a trip in London where I had, you know, 30 different conversations with 30 different people on all of them in working in bigger organizations they now are they now have a policy where they can take 15, 20 days a year and just be anywhere. Lovely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that that that's cool. And it's actually a really important part of their recruitment strategy and to to bring in talent. So the other piece to that is I think because everyone has gone remote in some way, shape, or form, mm-hmm. particularly the bigger, more corporate you know, professional services, um, financial institutions where they realise that actually people can be as productive f- from home and, and now people don't want to go into the yeah. office as much so they have to allow their people to be more flexible. I think the idea of creating and maintaining culture within teams and organisations by bringing people together
0: mm-hmm. is harder. Yeah.
1: So I used to run sales teams and every month I'd have my sales team in a room like this, and we'd spend half a day yeah. with 75 slides of PowerPoint um, uh, talking about stuff and doing yeah. a really structured meeting. I don't think, I think that probably happens, but you can probably do that on a 90 minute Zoom call. Mm-hmm. What I think does need to happen is the bit that, you know, what we used to do then every month is go to the pub together. <laughs> um, yeah, And that was the really important bit where the laughs happened and you started to create a sense of team and culture so i think businesses are struggling to do that and i know i strongly believe in the way that you know we're trying to create culture here and and create a sense of team here which is people need to come together um and get to know each other and just hang out Mm -hmm. and what a brilliant place to do that which is you know I can bring fifteen people here. I can. Uh, they can all get out in the water. Mm-hmm. You know, our, our surf school. Our instructors say they can get anyone up, standing up on a on a board within an hour. Wow. Anyone. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, what a story. Yeah. What what a way to build teams and create memories. Mm-hmm. Plus the fact we layer on the ability that people can have a space to work in. We have great meeting facilities here. Um, I'm we're we're sat here in our in our office which have has a brilliant workspaces both from a co-working perspective and a sort of boardroom and bigger rooms upstairs with theater style seating so you've got it all but you've got it an environment which isn't the holiday inn on the m4 <laughs> with a, a beige buffet
0: exactly and um
1: mint imperials on the on the um under that although yeah, nothing against no, mint disres- imperials, not, yeah. <laughs> no disrespecting mint imperials and definitely no respecting the holiday in.
0: Don't worry, they're not coming on the podcast. Um, uh, I'm, I'm and sure start- they've
1: got some interesting stuff to say. <laughs>
0: And I think it's such an inclusive way of doing team bonding. Like you say, it used to happen in the pub, which is great, except you've got people who don't drink and that's mm. increasing now. And the way that people want to get to know each other, maybe isn't over five pints. And this way you bring everyone here, everyone loves the fresh air. Everyone can give surfing and go, or go swimming or walking. It's an incredibly accessible and inclusive way of getting people out of the big smoke or whatever you know city they're in yeah. and bringing them together.
1: And people talk about it being a generational thing. And I just, I just don't necessarily believe. I, there's clearly some truth to that, but I don't know, I'm in my mid-40s and I grew up in an environment where team bonding was going to the pub, mm-hmm. full stop. Yeah. Um, incentives were a trip where you, you know, get on a plane and go to Vegas and you, you party for, for, yeah. for two days. And rest assured, that's a right laugh. And, you know, I miss bits of that. But even, you know, whether I'm 45 or 25, I think people's physical and mental well-being and having curated experiences that tap into that in the right way for the right person I think is a really attractive thing and we're not necessarily all about zen and trying to think too hard about it actually what feels more comfortable to us as a brand is probably the more active sort of physical element of that so Mm -hmm. The idea that the, the impacts that getting in a wetsuit and in the water in November can do to the de defog your mind, yeah, it's just, you know, it's, it's, mm-hmm. it's pretty life-changing.
0: Oh, I mean, just ask Wim Hof, but yeah, I think yeah. there's this real shift in how we actually think about wellness and this sort of rejection of like, just have a green smoothie, I right. think People love to do what makes them feel good, whether it is that glass of red with a steak and then a surf the next morning. And I yeah. think that Watergate Bay really brings all these elements together into something that is really, really special and actually really good for the soul. Which, yeah,
1: yeah, and I, I, I don't know whether I, I try hard to be very open-minded about this because I think it's a really personal choice on how you approach this stuff. Because if it gets to, if it gets too contrived, if it gets too um, faddish i start to switch off from it Mm -hmm. so the idea that we can create and i think you articulate it really well our own sense our own style of wellness that connects with the spaces that we have Mm -hmm. and our brand ethos of active relaxation and being in a ski resort on the beach where you know it might feel a bit odd to be you know, doing meditation classes or something like that. But what does feel really good is the fact that, you know, there's a hit class going on on the beach. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think just being really true to our values and our our brand when we think about this stuff is really key to me. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, it just starts to get a bit contrived and that's where I start to get a bit uncomfortable.
0: Mm -hmm. Okay, well, let's talk about the next chapter then. You alluded you've got some exciting things coming up. What does the next stage for Watergate Bay look like?
1: Well, I mean, we have we actually have three businesses and we've got a fourth that we're working on so but but watergate is really really clear and really exciting so we're we're at the planning application stage of a, a pretty significant development um within um watergate which will deliver um more um accommodation so it'll deliver another um, around twenty um twenty rooms at the the higher end of the market so we successfully opened um, the beach loft development which is right mm. on the front and they're the they're the most beautiful um, great big um, uh, suites that that, that um, you know if you open the window you can dangle your feet in the water there are they're, they're that close yeah. to um, t- to the beachfront um, so we're gonna we're gonna do more of them um, and then we have another development within the bay and um, that we're gonna create um, uh, more uh, trying to make it sound more exciting than just saying more <laughs> leisure facilities. Um, but we're gonna, it's gonna be, um, uh, as much about creating capacity, um, uh, and enhancing the guest experience as mm-hmm. than it is about creating more rooms. And I think that's quite a brave thing to do from a hotelier's perspective because, um, the natural mindset of a hotel developer is to create more capacity through rooms, because that's the most profitable category within the business. We've realized that actually with with real long-term thinking and considering some of the brilliant stuff that's out there um, within the UK hospitality space now, um, and our previous point that actually facilities experience that tie in in an authentic way to our guests' desire to get active, Mm -hmm. both indoor and out is really key so we're thinking about world-class health and fitness facilities Mm -hmm. we're thinking about a really unique and interesting take on sort of family entertainment and Uh and kids play Mm -hmm. in in a way that doesn't again feel contrived i don't imagine you know a clip and climbing wall but i do imagine something something really cool. cool and then um some some again some bigger bigger accommodation units on the top of that building. So that's, I suppose, the focus for Watergate over the next five years. Mm-hmm. Um, just to give you a kind of sweep across the other businesses really, really quickly. Um, Another place is, um, uh, I don't know if you're familiar with Another Place, but it. Mm-hmm. Another Place is, is our um, uh, our hotel brand for growth across new um iconic non-urban markets within the uk so Mm -hmm. the vision was to create something that could scale um outside of the watergate business so taking the ethos of ski resort on the beach translating it to different um uh different markets within the uk that that might not be on the beach so our first one is on a lake Mm -hmm. in in on the shore of alswater in cumbria um and we have number two coming um which i can't yet Mm -hmm. Um, talk about but number two will come uh, in a matter of months. Oh
0: wow, very exciting um,
1: it, it is exciting and it's, it's it, again that's going to be a, a truly unique um, experience and a really big moment for the Another Place brand. So that kind of that business will, will will grow. We have Beach Retreats, which is our self-catering agency business based in Cornwall, which is in a lovely trajectory of growth. Um, we have uh, 250 properties under management at the moment, and that's just a traditional self-catering holiday mm-hmm. um, letting agency. Okay. So if you're a second home owner, uh you can connect with Beach Retreats who can take care of everything mm-hmm. for, for you from a sales and marketing okay. perspective and operational perspective too. And then lastly, we're, we've created um, a new brand that will, will see us move into the apart hotel space. Ah. And this is, I suppose, taking, I don't know if we're good for time. I can do yeah, a quick, keep going. quick two or three Love minutes it. on this. Um, This will be us taking um, some of the vision of what I delivered in my previous business, which was to take the best of lifestyle hotel like the the Ace and Hoxton and blend it with um, old school service accommodation or corporate housing or um, service departments, depending on what language you use. And those two meet in the middle to form what is now known as uh, the Apart Hotel. And Locke was the first who really understood that actually bringing lifestyle brand into that. Rather than it just being a cookie cutter, small studio with a Caligas kind of kitchenette in the corner. Um, But actually bringing authentic community driven brand ethos into that um, would work. And it has. Mm -hmm. So my inspiration from that was then reflecting that into the market that we're in here, both geographically and from a um, demand perspective, which is... I think that works in a leisure coastal environment Mm -hmm. and i don't think it exists in the uk i actually think it does exist in markets like the us and australia but again simply put to take some of the brand and hospitality ethos of a lifestyle hotel like another place or watergate bay and blend it with flexibility and freedom that you get from staying in a holiday let an airbnb one of our beach retreats holiday homes um and i think you've got a really sweet spot in the middle which is what we're calling a kind of coastal apart hotel Mm -hmm. so we bought our first site um which is um i'm pointing behind my shoulder it's about uh, a mile that way okay on the coast Mm -hmm. it's about um a mile from from watergate bay um and it's a a very large 72-bed seaside bucket and spade ho- hotel mm-hmm. um sitting on 10 acres of real estate wow so it's a big big opportunity it's a relatively big big play for us um and that will be developed and we're on site this week um in order to open um we hope next july wow um and that will be off off the the first of these branded um uh coastal apart hotels 72 apartments. Um, a, a partnership approach to F&B. So we've, we're bringing in the best and most authentic local specialists in F&B that we can we can find. So we found a brilliant local craft beer led um, uh, uh, brand um, to to run a to run a, um, a restaurant bar concept. Mm-hmm. We're going to have specialty coffee-led deli, and we're, we're talking to local um, partners about that. We're going to have, again, really great um, health and fitness um, facilities. There will be a, a, a local membership available there, mm-hmm. um, which is really lovely because we're not able to have a big membership at Watergate just because yeah. we're so capacity-constrained. Mm-hmm. And I suppose that all talks to the point mm-hmm. of differentiation, which I believe is, again, this real sense of community mm-hmm. creating a space where um, it's almost flipping the hotel model to say we're almost prioritizing the community yeah. above the hotel guests mm-hmm. and the reason for that is to create this really authentic interesting set of experiences that our hotel the yeah. aparthotel guests can feel a part of yeah and um, It'll have a paddle tennis club in the grounds, oh, so trendy. Which I'm hearing is the big thing. It's
0: the thing at the moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: Um, and then phase two of that is that we'll develop out um, 25 lodges in the grounds, and there's already planning for that. So, so it's a pretty, pretty big project. And my plan is to, um, uh, to I suppose prove the concept through next summer and beyond, and then um, I see the opportunity to scale that.
0: big times like you say all of these um apart hotels there's so many in cities everywhere but i think you've really hit on a little niche there which is just completely underserved and as you were speaking i can so see that with the local coffee makers these incredible local producers locals using it during the week people coming to enjoy their holidays their days off i think that'll be a really special space for the not only for for the group but for the wider community and area
1: yeah and it gives i mean scalability i suppose my my sort of rule to myself on brand is 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 focus which is it it's a really focused vision mm-hmm. um because i think you can take this on a number of levels you could yeah. say right we could go and uh buy an old guest house and and create some service departments um or you could uh, but th- that it isn't that i suppose our brief will be um enough scale to deliver the community spaces and ethos that the brand will um, demand geographically located. So it's within walking distance of a beach and within view of the sea mm-hmm. um, and uh, uh, within within a community so that we have the footfall and vibe um, year round. Mm-hmm. And I think from a, Scaling these hospitality businesses is not an easy thing because actually finding the sites and finding sites that stack economically, Mm -hmm. um, is actually the trickiest part to a property led hotel development strategy that we're, we're deploying. But if you'd step back and think, okay, I'm sure in every coastal market within the UK, there will be a big hotel and. Sadly, those big hotels have become very hard to operate. they've hard, become very hard to sustain from a uh, cost perspective because clearly you know uh, the, the the cost base is in- increasing significantly. They've been very hard to 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 resource. Mm-hmm. Um, so finding a route in to um, uh, helping create new chapters for um, hotels like that it's quite an inspiring one
0: yeah
1: and strategically sound
0: mm-hmm well, you've got a lot, a lot on your plate, a lot to come, very exciting. Mm. Um, thank you so much for joining me today. Before we do wrap up, I do have a game of dream spaces to play with you. I'm going to ask you three questions. Um, I just want you to think you've won the lottery, cash that check. What space comes to mind when I see these prompts? So the first one is what space are you running away to for a detox?
1: Um, uh, we're just doing a project at, at home, or we're planning to do a project at home. So for some reason, my Instagram feed—and I'm not big on social media—is mm-hmm. is 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 absolutely hammered with kind of these design um, uh, blogs, um, uh, influencers, whatever. Mm-hmm. I'm really inspired at the moment by this kind of Japanese design theme ah. and the idea of really stripped back design in a secluded. Um, I don't know, uh, mountain setting, I don't care where, um, it is really cool. I love the mountains, Mm -hmm. so I, I love, I love kind of lakes and mountains. Probably don't quote me on this, probably over beach, but actually i love the contrast between the two but at the moment i'm really inspired by this kind of stripped back japanese inspired design and i I love i love the idea so clean so crisp yeah great answer
0: okay slightly different one your ultimate birthday party where are you hosting it
1: um you're gonna laugh but the idea of having so at Watergate at New Year, we do what we call a house party. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of creating, it's a brilliant thing because a lot of people come back year over year over year and stay two or three nights and have this house party and they've become quite familiar with each other. And, and it's kind of, mm-hmm. we lock the hotel down for two or three days and, yeah. and it's um, it's just this, yeah, it's a house party where people, and to, to I suppose my next one's my 50th. Um, I've still got a few years to go. Um, but the idea of kind of an exclusive hire of a big hotel or a big space mm. where I can get friends and family together and I spent you know, li- living here. A lot of my friends are dispersed across the country and the globe yeah. and seeing them is difficult. So I suppose my ultimate party is to fly everyone in for 72 hours of partying, eating, drinking, getting in the water, um, whatever is is probably, yeah. I'm, I'm quite simple in that in I love view. That. I do not I don't necessarily need to go anywhere far or um, particularly exclusive. I just want to create mm. a really cool party vibe for the people who I care about.
0: Yeah, why travel when you can get them to know here?
1: Well, <laughs> again, my mates will tell you that um, I'm pretty selfish like that. <laughs> <laughs> I'd love to see but can you come to Cornwall?
0: Uh-huh. <laughs> New Airport is so close yeah, yeah. to
1: London. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: I love it. No, I'm not laughing at all. I think that's a brilliant answer. Um and finally, your once in a lifetime bucket list trip. Where are you going and are you staying anywhere special?
1: I don't know. I have got a bit of wanderlust at the moment around Ooh. well we 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 you know, we have a young family and um th- of COVID, like you know, you just realize that we haven't really done much. Mm-hmm. Um we used to travel loads. I used to travel a huge amount globally for work. Um and we also live here. So, you know, we're quite lucky. Yeah. Um, but we went to the U S this summer and, and realized that actually there's a big world out there and, mm-hmm. and also realized that our kids are now able to, to, to travel So the, the short answer is, um, I would love to go with my wife and three daughters. I'd love to go into across Europe and pick off some of the places, um, that that we haven't done we did it for our honeymoon um through italy and we i just love the idea of doing something a bit more kind of um stick a backpack on your back although stay in some nice hotels as well Yeah. I don't think I'm going to go hostelling. <laughs> Not
0: with um, three kids, no. No, but
1: I, I love the idea of doing that and just jumping on the trains. I love to r- rail travel through Europe. I love, yeah. uh, I think it's really fun. I think that's a brilliant um, answer. So that, that will be something that we do in the hopefully relatively near future.
0: Amazing. Well, I hope you enjoy it when you do get it. Thank
1: you so much for coming on the podcast. It's been so interesting chatting with you. Thanks for having me. you.
0: Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Curated Spaces podcast. For more information and content around any of the spaces we feature, head to our website or Instagram, and don't forget to subscribe to have new episodes delivered straight to your inbox every Wednesday. And if there's a special place in your life that you'd like to hear on the Curated Spaces podcast, please do get in touch, as we're always on the lookout for more brilliant spaces to share with the world.